preaching something, right? It's always good to see a preach anointing come on somebody. I'm predominantly a teacher by anointing and gifting, and so I'm an explainer. So I explain things, but preachers proclaim things, and then prophets declare things. And there's a big difference between all those three, and it takes them all, doesn't it? Praise God, it takes every one of them. And you know, that same spirit that's in the people that work through the five-fold ministry, which are just supposed to do only one thing, and that's equip the saints to work, dwells in the saints to bring the ability to proclaim, to explain, to declare. The same spirit. So every one of you sitting here are ministers of the Lord. It's not just the person up here delivering the word or the person proclaiming the word or the person declaring the word. It is every single person sitting here, a vessel, as our brother brought forth this morning, to pour forth the rivers of living water. Amen. Amen? And that river inside of us is the spirit of God. And it's an unlimited potential. Praise God. So I'm already charged up this morning, if you can't tell. I love people that get to preach on them, and I like when it comes on me, too. I'm predominantly a teacher, but I really like when when the preach anointing comes on me. I let let it go. I let it blow. I let it show. Praise God. Okay, so we're talking about love, and we're, I'm not going to keep us past our normal time, so just a small nugget this morning, and then we'll, we'll endeavor next week to uh, bring it to a close. We won't finish it. We're just going to bring it to a close, and we'll see what the Spirit of God has for some time down the road. But we are just grateful for what God has given us in this time. Amen? Amen. Okay, so we've been talking about love. You know, what is this thing called love? You know, the affair, the higher affair of the Spirit. Okay, little s, your spirit, the love that comes from you living and drawing from your inner man or woman, ladies. Amen. Hallelujah. So let's just move into this real quick. I'm not going to do any any review. You need to go get the tape or get online. Better yet, download it and listen to it in a podcast form or however. And if you don't know how to do that, go to Kaylin because she's the one that sets all that stuff up. So go to Kaylin. Is Kaylin in here? Right there. That's the young lady to go talk to. If you don't know how to access something on the web, right there it is. And you can go talk to Kaylin and get the word straight from the source. Okay, so we were talking about the hows and whys of agape last week when we ended off. And we talked about how we're commanded to agape. You know, that we don't have a choice. We are commanded to love from this agape love, which is the highest form of love, which is the love of the Spirit, your little s, not just the capital S of the Holy Spirit, but the love of the substance of who you are once you have been recreated in the likeness of God, who is love. Amen? That's what, that's what the Word says. God is love. He is agape. Agape is not just a substance or a character or a characteristic. Agape is a person, and it's God, Amen. a spirit. And, you know, I said something last week, and I, it just reminded me. I'm going to clarify this morning. I said something with regard to the fact that Jesus said, you are to love your enemies. Does anyone remember that verse? He didn't say to like them. He said to love them, and that word love is agape. Now, I did not mean for folks to take that as an excuse that you agape those you like. That's not what I was saying. I hope no one took it that way. You are without excuse. I was saying that the higher road and the road from which we are to live is from the Spirit. 
We are to live and draw from the well, from this rivers of life inside of us. And they're not in our intellect. They're not in our mind and reasoning that are the seat of phileo love, which is based on emotions, which is based on experience. And when those experiences are bad, guess what? It doesn't flow because it's phileo love. But agape love is not centered here. It's centered here. It's the substance and it's the person of who God is that is the fabric that we're woven from when we're recreated in his image after his likeness in accordance with 2 Corinthians 5.17. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. That means a new species. That means you have new DNA inside of you. DNA is what begets and codes for proteins and, and that, that eventually, uh, you know, comprise the organism from which the plans are written. Okay, so you are a new species in Christ. If you look at the Greek word, when you accept Christ as your Savior, a new species. Well, guess what? Your DNA codes for who your, your maker is, and that is agape love. So you have agape love coded for in your DNA spiritually. Yeah, that's right. Amen. You've got it inside of you. And we talked about that last week. We're commanded to. We, we also have agape and are without excuse. That leads me to the second point. Praise God for the Holy Spirit. He's organized. He does things in his way, doesn't he? But it's so nice whenever it works out and you haven't planned it and you just follow what he's leading you to do. We're without excuse because agape is inside of us. It's an endowment of the Holy Spirit. Well, I talked about Romans 5, 5, and hope does not put to shame because God's love has been poured out in us into our hearts by the Holy Spirit. That love is agape love. It's a part of our spiritual nature. It's a fruit of the Spirit. And obedience produces it in our lives. Those are the things to do with why and how agape is actually a part of who we are, how we actually have it. Okay. Now, I want to move on to some things here, Do, you know, just some more points of the hows and whys of agape. So the third point would be, do we really love God? Does anyone love God this morning? Capital G. I'm talking about agape. Does anyone love, love himself? Our love for God is measured by our obedience to him. Amen. I tell you what, it's not what you say, it's what you do. And you know, so much of even preachers' lives, people that, walk, that live in the pulpit and work in the pulpit, is more about do as I say and not as I do. And that's terrible. Because they're not obedient. And I'm telling you this morning, the only way that, the, that this love, this agape love is worked out and wrought in your life and is a part and a center and focus of your life is if you are obedient to it. You have to be obedient to it. It produces it in our lives. So our love for God is measured by our obedience to him. And you can see in John 14:15, if you love me, this is Jesus words, you will obey my commandment. John 14, 23, so let's go a little bit further in that chapter, and it says, Those who accept my commandments, again, this is red letter in my Bible and yours, if you have a red letter edition. This is Jesus speaking here. Those who accept my commandments and obey them. It's not enough to just believe in the commandments of God. Jesus said even the demons believe and, are, and, and shudder. Did you know demons are believers? Oh, I guarantee you they're believers. They saw Almighty God and the, and the Word with Him in heaven and glory itself before they were cast out. 
Well, they know it. I guarantee you they know lots of things about it. But the reality of the truth is not in their lives because they can't live it. They live opposed to it. They rejected it. And you know, unfortunately, so do many men and women. Unfortunately. So, 14.23 says, Those who accept my commandments and obey them are the ones who love me. Who are the ones that love me? The ones that don't just accept the commands, but also obey them. My Father will love those who love me. Agape and agape right there. I too will agape them and reveal myself to them. How many of us sit here and want more of God in our lives? I raise both hands and both feet. I want God more in my life than I've ever had him before. I want God to be revealed in my life. I want him to reveal himself to me. I've got a perfect scripture to base my request unto him. And it is the very simple truth that if I will receive his commandments and obey them, it says that my father will love me because I love him. Because why? I'm obedient to his command. And it says that he and the father will reveal themselves unto those that do that. Okay, you want more of a revelation of, of, of agape? Then you obey agape. It's quite simple. So we must love God from agape. This is the fourth point of the hows and whys of agape. We must love God from agape love and not just phileo. It is fine to phileo God. It is fine to have an emotionally based, experiential based uh, love for God and affection and warm fuzzy for God. I like to call it the warm fuzzy. Praise God for that. We've got that with each other, with our spouses, with our kids, and that's wonderful. But I tell you what, there's a, trans, there's a love that transcends experience. And it's a love that's of the Spirit, and it's a love that's born of faith. Because guess what? When you look at your enemy and Jesus is telling you to, uh, to love them, you can't love them based on an experience you've had with them from an a phileo love. You love them from a choice that you make of, to be obedient unto the Father God to open the tap and allow the substance of who he is to flow forth unto them by faith. By faith. Because you don't feel it. Amen? Okay, so we, got to, we have to love God from agape and not just phileo love. The interaction of Peter and Jesus shows us the personal request for this love. And I want everyone to turn over to John chapter 21. I bet several of you were wondering how long it was going to take me to get to this interaction of Jesus and Peter. Well, here we are. Hope does not disappoint. John chapter 21, verse 15. And in the essence of time, I'm just going to go quickly here. I'm going to read it. When Jesus and his disciples had finished eating, he asked Simon, son of John, do you love me more than the others do? Now, I want to stop here because I want to just make it make it clear that Jesus was not asking them because this is what I thought. And I've thought this for a long time, but it's become clear to me. Jesus was not asking them, Peter, do you love me more than you love the people around you? You know, uh, when you read other translations, it says, do you love me more than these? And so it'd be easy to look at that and just say, oh, 
you mean, does Peter have a greater love for Jesus than John and James and Andrew and all the, all the disciples? That's not what he's talking about. I like this translation because it says it very clearly what he's talking about. Do you have a deeper love for me than the other guys do? A greater, more transcendent love. Do you see that? There's a difference. I like this translation. And it says, uh, so one more time, when Jesus himself finished eating, he asked Simon, son of John, do you love me more than the others do? Simon Peter answered, yes, Lord, you know I do. Then feed my lambs, Jesus says. Jesus asked in verse 16 a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter answered, yes, Lord, you know I love you. Then take care of my sheep. Verse 17, then Jesus asked a third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt deeply because Jesus had asked him three times if you, if he loved him. So he told Jesus, Lord, you know everything. You know I love you. Jesus replied, feed my sheep. Now, I want you to picture this story and I want you to picture it. From the, from the perspective of how we are conveying this in the English language, I told you that we have one word for love in our language, and guess what it is? <laughs> it's a loaded question. That's right, Morgan, it's love. Unfortunately, when I tell my wife, I have to say, say that I love her, and I love her more than anything on the face of this earth. She's the pinnacle of my love. Then my kids come next. Now, before that is my father God. Okay, and an extension of that are my, is my wife and then my kids and then everybody else, as far as my heart is concerned, and my affections. You see what I'm saying? From a phileo perspective especially. But I tell you what, when I, when I talk to other people about how much I love food, and my wife is sitting next to me, do you think that she feels cheated? Because I have this only one word to use and say it's love, and I love pizza, or I love Thai curry. And then my wife is going, oh, you're saying you love Thai curry as much as me? No, of course she's not. I'm not saying that. Well, we understand that. But when you look at the original language from which the New Testament was translated, you can realize a weakness in translation here. Because when you look at the Greek from which this came from, guess what words are interplayed between? It's phileo and agape. So if we, if we go down through this real quickly, we'll see why it's important to understand whether when you see the word love translated in the New Testament, whether it comes from phileo or whether it comes from agape. Because now, let's read it and you'll see a whole different story. Jesus says, Simon, son of John, do you agape me more than the others do? Simon Peter answered, yes, Lord, you know I phileo you. Then feed my lambs. Jesus asked a second time, Simon, son of John, do you agape me? Peter answered, yes, Lord, you know I phileo you. Then take care of my sheep. Jesus asked a third time, Simon, son of John, do you phileo me? And then Peter said a third time, yes, I phileo you. So we can see that the master is, is asking Peter, 
for him to respond to his original request, and that was a request for an agape love. And Peter answered all three times with, guess what word, only phileo every single time. Now, do you see that there's a lot deeper meaning behind this story? There's a lot deeper understanding that we can, we can glean from this with respect to what Jesus is asking of us, what the Father is asking through Jesus of us. And that is Jesus is trying to, after living for over three years with Peter, after living and eating and sleeping and doing everything of life with Peter and James and John and all the 12 disciples that lived with him, and when Peter would see him and experience the transcendent agape love that would flow through him to, to mankind despite their, their condition of sin and the punishment that they so deserve for breaking the laws that, that C.J. was talking about spiritually. And they saw that curse in their life reversed because of the transcendent agape love that it conquers all. Coming through Jesus for over three years when they saw that and they realized that there is something greater in, him, in them it's, it, as far as Peter was concerned, all he could understand is the depth of emotion and warm, fuzzy feeling he had for Jesus as a friend, as, a, as what he would consider to be basically a, a, a best friend, a friend that he had never had, like no other relationship he'd had in this world. So to Peter's understanding, to Peter's heart, to Peter's uh, awareness and consciousness of that relationship, to him that was the greatest thing he could ever tell Jesus. Do you see what it is? Because to him, that's the valuable part of love and relationship is if I like you. Now, do you see what I'm saying about this like issue? See, Peter liked Jesus. And to him, for him to say another love that had nothing to do with like. From an emotional standpoint, you see what I'm saying? From, from, from a, uh, an enjoyment standpoint or a pleasure standpoint. Then to him, he didn't understand why Jesus would question that. What do you mean? Yes, I phileo you. You're my friend. Do you know that the word phileo is also used in the word Philip, which means friendly? Amen. Lame Philip in here. Guess what your name means? It means friendly. It's also a word, a word that's used from a, a that's at, that there's a town whose namesake is for, named for, and it's Philadelphia, and it means town of friendship. That's where it comes from. Phila, phila is phil, phileo. It means friendly. So Peter was trying to say to Jesus, I'm your friend, Jesus. What do you mean are you asking me I love you? I like you. And a lot of people would sit here this morning, including myself, and say that really we are trying to earn the like of people whenever re the reality of relationship should first be based in something that is transcendent to like. Because guess what? As soon as I do something that wrongs you, you don't like me anymore. And then it shuts down. But this love that I'm talking about, and I'm going to set my gun right there, so don't let me forget it. This love that I'm talking about transcends this, folks, because it makes no difference. You mess up, and this love is not based on the foundation of your performance. It's based on the foundation of an inner, an inner value, something that's intrinsic. 
intrinsically valued. I mean, you, you, you behold an intrinsic value despite the dirt that's on it. Despite the tarnish. Why? Because you know the value that's there. And I can take that and I can apply things to it that will clean it up and make it like new again. Restore it. <clears throat> that's agape love. And so I just want you to see that portrait of the interaction between Jesus and twice he asked him, do you love me from an agape love? Do you agape me, Peter Phileo? Do you agape me, Peter Phileo? Do you phileo me, Peter? And still, Peter could only answer phileo because Peter, and and I, I want you to see that Jesus was desperately trying to convey to Peter that he wasn't seeking the passion. He wasn't seeking the emotion and warmth of friendship as much as he was the expression of the deepest, most unlimited form of love he could render through service to God's people. Notice, do you love me more than the others do? Phileo love always has limits. But yet Jesus relents in his last entreaty of him, still insisting that proof of love for him, even the love Peter felt, which was a phileo love, which is based on experience, which is based on the warm fuzzy, was the most personal and close, that, that to him was the most personal and close love he could have. It wasn't in that, it was in obedience, because what did he ask him all three times? Feed, care, feed, serve, serve, serve. Obedience, 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 because if you're going to serve, you have to be obedient. Because if you're serving, then that means you're a slave or you're subordinate to a higher authority. And guess who the higher authority is, folks? It's Agape himself. And if you're and, and guess what your nature and what your servitude is going to be, because his kingdom is wrought about it. And that's Agape. And so if you're going to serve the most high agape God, then you're going to reflect and you're going to tender the currency of his kingdom. And that is agape love in service unto the people, his people. And guess what service is going to require? It's going to require sacrifice. It's going to require you lay yourself down. You lay your life down. We'll never reach the depth of true love of God until we live in love from agape. That sacrificial, serving others kind of love. Sacrifice implies something that is given or more importantly, yielded on behalf of the other or the one. Or the one. John 10, 17, for this reason, the father loves me. This is again, red letter in my Bible and yours, Jesus words. Why does the father love me? Because I lay down my life that I may take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and I have authority to take it up again. This charge I have received from my father. And I would say this morning again, life here is suke life. It's your soul life, which is defined and limited by personality and knowledge and the seed of which is reasoning. This part of us can live independent of God by will which is the principle of independence enabling man to voluntarily seek him. It's not enough that, that we are just puppets down here filled with the grace of God to just do things we do without our choice in the matter. 
Sometimes, oh, to God, I would to God that he would just fill me and make me do, do things like a robot. But that is not what God has ordained of his people. He has given us this seed of choice, and it's called our will, because he wants us to willingly come unto him. He wants us of our own volition to choose to be obedient unto him. Who wants a friend that's a friend because you're making him to be one? You want, nobody wants it. That's right. You want a friend that's a friend because they like you truly of their own accord. Amen? That's the way our Father is. We're created in His image in terms of relationship. We want people to be with us because they enjoy being with us. Because they want to. Not because they're made to. I could hold a gun to your head and say, you're going to come watch a movie with me. You're going to come fishing with me, brother. I'll hold a gun to your head. What kind of a friend is that? I want you to see, like I said here, you know, this part of us, this, this, this suke part of us that we have the authority. And that author- word authority here, when he says, I have the authority, the authority has been given me to lay it down or to pick it up, that means to yield it. I, can, I have a decision to make. I can make the decision to yield my, my life, my suke life, my soul life, or I can pick it back up again. But Jesus said, no one, and he said, no one's going to take it from you. No one's going to take your suke from you. You've got to yield it. You've got to yield it. And, and, you know, this part of his plans, it reasons, it chooses, it judges. Notice that God's love for Jesus was based on his yielding his soul or suke life to him. Jesus reveals that he has the power, or better yet, the freedom to choose to lay it down and to take it up. And I asked this morning, where are we in this? Because I'll tell you just as much as these are Jesus' words, these should be our words. For this reason, my Father loves me. Because I, Greg Clarkson, lay down my life that I may take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I, Greg Clarkson, lay it down of my own accord. I have authority. I have the choice to lay my own life down. And I have the choice to take it back up. But this charge I've received from my Father, and can you not hear the words of the Father God who this morning through Jesus and through by His Word that says, I com- this is my commandment that you love agape, one another. That's the Father's commandment. Okay, so agape love is the critical element of relationship among God's people. This is another point of the hows and whys of agape. I'm going to skip that. I want to skip down to to another point, and we'll get that one later, and then I'm going to end. Agape love, this is another point, is the only way by which we can live free from a life of judgment and unforgiveness. I'm going to say that again. Agape love, learning who agape is, learning how to agape, learning how to draw and to to function by agape is the only way that you can live free from a life of judgment and unforgiveness. Ultimately, your ability to truly forgive is dependent upon your action from agape love, which is a work of the spirit. Why? 
your mind or suke life, your soulish life will eventually reach a limit where forgiveness is an impossibility. And I would ask this morning, is there anyone here that is unforgiving towards someone? If it is, it's probably, and I'll guarantee you it's not probably, it's 100% because you've reached the limit of your phileo love potential from a soulish perspective to release forgiveness unto that place, unto that person. And that is completely natural because phileo love can never reach an unending ability to extend itself beyond the experiences it's based on. And let me tell you what, the unforgiveness that you may have in your heart this morning is well-deserved. I'll tell you this morning, maybe there are people that are sitting here that have been molested. There are people that are sitting here that have been dejected. There are people that are sitting here that don't even know who their father is in this world. And they have not forgiven because of that reason. And your phileo love, your soulless capacity does not allow you the potential to do that. You have to, by the grace of God, understand that there's a transcendent ability and grace that comes by the Spirit only. And you have to access that by faith. Now you can understand the struggle. It's like, well, I can forgive, but I can't forget. I can't get over this. I just don't know that I've forgiven. Well, don't let it be an action only of your soul. Yes, there's a part of your soul in terms of the choice that you have to make to forgive. And that's from your will. But it's your spirit, ultimately, that will empower and blow pneuma wind into your wings to allow you to soar above that. And truly... See that from the perspective of agape, capital A. Phileo love is based on emotions. It's based on experiences. And it can only return in kind. You have to tap your spirit and release forgiveness enabled by agape love. This is an action of faith, not feeling or emotion. Yes, you might have feelings. You might have emotions that result from it. But ultimately, that's not where it's coming from. It's coming from a a, a choice that you make to focus upon the agape inside of you to release it. And we see a scripture in Luke, which is often confessed as it regards material giving. And I've confessed this a hundred times if I've confessed it once as it pertains to material to material things in my life. In fact, the context of this scripture that I'm about to tell you about conveys less about material elements than it does spiritual matters. Prepare to be perplexed this morning. Prepare to have your religious minds perplexed. When you see, or more more importantly, have it clarified and, and to have it supplanted with the truth. So if you look over in Luke chapter 6. Luke chapter 6, and I'm going to read through this in the essence of time. Verse 37, Jesus said, don't judge others and God won't judge you. Don't be hard on others and God won't be hard on you. Forgive others and God will forgive you. And here it is. Here's the verse. How many of us have quoted this? If you give to others, you will be given a full amount in return. It will be packed down, shaken together and spilling over in your lap. How many of us walk around and go, that's right, bless God, if I give, it's going to be pressed down, shaken together, and running over, and men are going to pour into my lap. I've confessed it many times. Oh God, yes, that's so into other people, it's going to be pressed down, a good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, but I want you to finish out the verse, folks. 
Because you will see that Jesus says, the way you treat others is the way you will be treated. So when it comes to Luke 6.38, it has much less to do with material things as it does the matter of agape, which is a matter of the spirit. And that is, if you give judgment to others, you will, be, you will yourself have judgment given to you. If you don't forgive others, you will yourself have unforgiveness rendered to you. If you judge others, if you criticize others, if you declare Ichabod upon them, the glory reparted, departed from others, then you so too will have that returned to you. You heard CJ talk about spiritual principles, spiritual laws. That is a spiritual law. Give and it shall be given. Sow and you shall reap. Folks, if you want to reap to me this morning, what you say is, I'm going to put some different things in here this morning. If you give agape to others, you will you be given a full amount of agape in return, pressed down, shaken together, and spilling over into your lap. The way that you agape others is the way you will be agape. That's, uh, it's going to return unto you. Do you all see that? Praise God this morning. This is liberating. I tell you, we're, we're so quick to be concerned about, about the way that we can facilitate material blessing in our lives when really the simple matter and truth is we are to facilitate the spiritual blessing of our lives unto others. I'm, i got nine fingers pointed back to me for every one pointed out here. Amen. Folks, I'm not living this the way I should. But teaching it helps me. I hope it's helping you. I'm realizing that I have been out of focus. CJ's talking about turning into the Lord, and I can't tell you a greater, more intense focus of what we should turn to than Agape himself, capital A. Because we want to treat others as God treats them. So we see the necessity to live by agape love. Our own judgment and forgiveness by God is determined by it. That last sentence is not referring to how man will treat you, but really, if you look at it, it's, it's, it's referring to how God treats you. I mean, it, is, it, it does have something to do with how man treats you, but guess what? Jesus said, you forgive and you'll be forgiven. Well, who does the forgiving there? God. This morning, you want to know how important unforgiveness is, a matter of unforgiveness is? It's, it's as important as your desire to be forgiven by God. Amen or oh me. That's the word of God, folks. I didn't say it. You go and blame and, ask and, and rile at Jesus. Don't come to me. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not preaching anything that's wrong here. You don't forgive and you can't be forgiven. That's Jesus' words. Does anyone disagree with that? If you disagree with it, we'll go open up the word and you t- tell me and explain it to me. How could it be more, more plain? And here's another, another place where it says that. Listen to the Holy Spirit through John, and I'm going to be done, who declares that you can't love God if you don't agape your brothers. 1 John 4.20 says, if anyone says, I love God. How many love God this morning? So we're saying it. We said it in the multiple songs this morning, how we love him and how he loves us. And we're saying, it. oh, I love you, God. I love you, God. But it says, if anyone says that and hates his brother, 
he is a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. I would say this morning that you don't have an ability to do something and toward God that you don't have towards your own fellow brothers and sisters. It's a lie. You're living a lie. Your love for God is really proven in your love for fellow brothers and sisters. It is. Your love for God. I mean, how can I say that? Because God, John 3.16 says, for God so loved, he gave. And it says he didn't just so love. He loved the world. He gave. If you love your brothers and sisters, then you give, folks. And that love is not phileo love. It's agape. You see what I'm saying? You lay your life. Can you hear Jesus' words? I lay my life down freely of my own choice. Why? Because the Father's passion is inside of me. His agape love is being extended to this world. Praise God. Would you stand with me? Do you have anything, CJ? Father, we're just so grateful again for your word. We're we're so thankful, Father God, for the various members that you've set into your body. God, your word says that you've set them in there as you've willed for them to be, as you've purposed for them to be. Father, I've got my position where, where you've desired me to be. Father God, we have people, every single person out here has their position as you've willed it to be. And we're all going to be rewarded the same if we'll just do what it is you've called us to do. And I'm just grateful, oh God, that ultimately the prize is not the reward, Father, of material things. But, oh God, our prize is our first love, you. And your word is very clear that if we love you, we have to love our fellow man. That, that's really where the rubber meets the road, God. Now we, and I think we're seeing that. Help us to understand it, Holy Spirit, as only you can because you're the teacher. I declare a spirit of revelation and wisdom in the name of Jesus that this truth be revealed unto those who have an open heart. I thank you, Father, for the seed that it goes in and it's going to become an engrafted word in those that would receive it this morning. And it will go deep and it will uh, uh, produce a stalk and then the ear and then the, the corn in the ear. And then it will be some 30, 60 and 100 fold return, oh God, as you bring the increase in it on it. And I'm so thankful for the, the precious Holy Spirit who leads us in truth and knowledge. And I ask, Holy Spirit, that you would seal that, protect it. In Jesus' name. And protect us as we go this morning, Father God. In Jesus' name, amen.